back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major. Dave here, back with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Master Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Uh, it's going. (laughs) (laughs) I think it kind of caught me off guard that tonight's opening night of the NHL regular season. Uh, There's three games and we're in the midst of, well, in the very latter stages of the first one of the night. Um, and then we have obviously two more on the on the uh, the slate for later. But hockey's back, and it caught me. You know, I wasn't really expecting it because I've been very deep into the uh, the red October for the Phillies. But um, you know, regular season hockey's back. Obviously, the Eagles are five and zero. So you know, things are things are pretty good right now. Vibes, I would say, are very good in the city of Philadelphia, and people are the Flyers are definitely lower on the totem pole of paying attentionness. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, hockey is back So we've kind of got a, a decent show planned for everyone this evening um, Obviously the Flyers announced their opening night roster So we'll go over that and we'll give our thoughts and tidbits On any potential surprises on said roster And then we'll be doing our Eastern and Western Conference previews Going over the teams we think um, from both that will make the postseason um, yeah. So Without further ado, Matt, we can just get right into this thing here. Um, but like you mentioned, hockey's back. The Flyers are officially back Thursday evening. I believe, hopefully, they'll be starting their game after the Phillies are finished playing. So everyone will be able to watch both teams. Um, but the Flyers did announce their official opening night roster. Now, we should say this going into things. The opening night roster, they got announced a day ago. Um, does not mean every single player on this roster will be hitting the ice Thursday night. In fact, there could be some changes, i.e. there is one specific player who is on IR that very much could be, you know, playing against the Blue Jackets Thursday evening in Columbus as the Flyers open up their regular season. But for now, they are where they are. But we're starting out with the forwards. So the Philadelphia Flyers this year, you have Cam Atkinson, Bobby Brink, Noah Cates, Sean Couturier, Nick Delorier, Joel Farabee, Tyson Forrester, Morgan Frost, Garnet Hathaway, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Ryan Paling, and Owen Tippett. Your defensemen are Emil Andre, Travis Sanheim, Nick Sealer, Mark Stahl, Sean Walker, Cam York, and Igor Zamula. Your goalies are Samuel Erson, Carter <laughs> Hart, and Felix Sandstrom. And, of course, two players on injured reserve, one, of course, being... Ryan Ellis, who is that? And then Rasmus Ristolainen. Matt, any surprises to you as to players who you thought might have been with Lehigh Valley or that are here or any veterans who you thought maybe was going to not make the team and they're still here? Uh, I don't really think so. I think the only person that really surprises me is probably Emil Andre on defense. Um, I know we talked about him kind of coming over from the Swedish Hockey League. 
and uh, there was definitely talk of him cracking the, the Phantoms this season, but it's good to see that he, you know, made the roster for opening night. Hopefully he does get to play because I, I think there's, what, there's seven, they have seven defensemen on the roster right now, so someone's obviously going to sit unless they dress one less forward, but, yeah, I mean, I think this doesn't really jump out to me at all. It's good to see, uh, you know, Atkinson's back, Couturier's back. You have most of the guys that were, you know, regulars for a good chunk of the season last year with, you know, Bobby Brink, Noah Cates, Delorier, Farabee, Forrester, Frost, Konechny, Lawton, Tippett. Um, you know, goalies are the same. <laughs> um, no surprises there. Injured reserve, no surprises there. Ryan Ellis is out there somewhere with Bigfoot. And Ristolainen, I guess, you know, I think he had, what, like some sort of he was battling some sort of like upper body injury, I think. Yeah, it's just a lingering injury. The Flyers aren't too worried about it. So yeah. they just had to they had to submit a roster at the time he wasn't fully healthy, so they stuck him on IR. Yeah, so I don't think anything, like I said, really jumps out to me besides for Emil Andre on defense, but it's cool that obviously we have the the full opening night roster and they start Thursday in nationwide arena against the blue jackets. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how this thing goes. Yeah. Uh, for, as far as I go in, in regards to surprises, uh, the risk of the line and injury has given me a bit of a tidbit of concern because any player who's gone recently, any player who's gone to start the season on IR, they've ended up missing a whole year of hockey. So I am a little bit worried about Rissa there, and that's just because I guess my my worry is being a Flyers fan in this current era of Orange. Um, but, you know, if the Flyers aren't too worried, we'll just go with the flow there. I am surprised about the Flyers carrying three goalies. Um, that being said, Felix Sandstrom, of course, would need to go, would need to clear waivers to be sent to the Phantoms. Um, and obviously the Flyers value him enough where they don't want to lose him just yet. So I feel like, even though John Torella said last week that Samuel Harrison has won the backup job to Carter Hart, I feel like they're keeping Sanchum around where in case of Harrison has a couple clunker games, they can put him down to Lehigh Valley, no issues, no waivers required, and then there you go, you have Sandstrom there to back up Hart. So that's that situation. I'm very excited that Emil Andre made the team out of camp. Um, as you know, Matt, I was raving about him last season when he came over to North America with the Phantoms. And when we talked about him just a couple of weeks ago, when we went over our top prospects that the Flyers have in, in the system, according to our viewpoints, um, I thought he looked solid in the preseason games that he got an action in. So I'm looking, I'm hoping he's not a healthy scratch Thursday. And I'm hoping we see him in the active lineup. Um, but in regards to forwards, I am surprised that both Forrester and Bobby Brink made the team out of camp. I thought it was going to be one or the other, and I was definitely leaning towards Bobby Brink. Even though both Brink and Forrester didn't really score a lot of points in the preseason, Brink's overall, like, all-around game was far superior than Forrester's, and I thought that Torts would see that and go, Tyson needs some more time with the Phantoms, let's get some top six minutes, and we'll go forward from there. But obviously, as of now... They're both on the squad. Who knows what Torts' lines are going to look like Thursday evening. But, uh, you know, I'm happy to see that Bobby Brink officially was able to change his number to number 10. He gets through that ugly 46. Uh, so he gets more of a normal NHL rostered player number. And uh, we can move forward from there. But, no, I'm really, you know, honestly, 
we'll get the season going underway. I know the Flyers players and and the Danny B and and Jonesy are saying all the things like, oh, everyone's expecting us to suck and be in last place, and I think we're going to be surprising. But we'll see where it goes. You know, I'm kind of and I'm cautiously optimistic optimistic again, not in the fact that I think this team's going to make the playoffs, um, but that at least there's a direction they're going to be watchable. It's not going to be like we're middling and going nowhere again. So we'll see what happens. I'm very much looking forward to Thursday evening. And, uh, you know, the Flyers are playing a Columbus Blue Jackets team that on paper, you know, kind of really isn't that good either. So it could be a very interesting night hockey-wise. Yeah. um, And I think one thing, too, that we're kind of, you know, not overlooking, but can't be uh, can't be uns- left unsaid. That's what I'm trying to say um, is the fact that Wade Allison got waived the other day, which it was obviously you know a big surprise to a lot of fans. Um, I think Joel Farabee had some comments about it, but let's face it, the guy doesn't really have too much wiggle room to talk. Um, no, and and he's way too injury prone. Yeah, so I think you know, I mean. You have to do these types of moves to get to a, a what I think it's a twenty-three man roster, mm-hmm. um, but you know not everyone makes it, and it's not like he can't come back up again. Oh uh, no, I, I don't believe he got claimed on waivers by he anyone. Did not. So he'll start Which the season. Surprising. With, yeah, he'll start the season with the Phantoms, and then you know if anything, he could be right back up here next week. Oh, I, I if any forward gets hurt, he's the first call up from from the Phantoms is to the Flyers is Wade Allison. Um, I'm not. I wasn't surprised because his play wasn't that great in preseason when I did watch him. Um, but I really thought, out of the trio of him, Brink, and Forrester, it was going to be Forrester going down to the Phantoms. But Torts and the Flyers brass thought otherwise. Um, something else we can't stress the importance of is for the first time in a year and a half, we'll have both Cam Atkinson and Sean Couturier in this lineup starting as your top line right winger and your number one center Mm -hmm. and frankly two damn good hockey players you know cam atkinson a former 40 goal scorer in this league and sean couturier an elite shutdown franchise you know selkie winning trophy centerman who knows if he's going to be the same player he was the last time we saw him a year and a half ago he probably isn't but i mean he looked like sean couturier in the preseason so i'm very you know, very excited about that, and uh, I hope Torts at least gives Coots a letter. Even though they haven't officially named a captain, I feel like it would be kind of disrespectful to Couturier and how long he's been here, um, but he should at least have a assistant captain's patch on his jersey. But knowing Torts, bet you anything, Lawton's with a, with, a, with a letter on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I think I can see both sides where I think, again, you know, Couturier and Atkinson – um, as much as they've kind of rehabbed and, you know, looked good in training camp or in, you know, game-type situations, it's going to be hard to tell, obviously, you know, once that puck drops and, and when they're, quote-unquote, you know, in the shit, as they say, um, you know, how they're going to do, how they're going to fare. Um, it's going to take, I'm sure it's going to take some time for them to get back into you know, game speed, get their sea legs under them again. So I won't be surprised if they both kind of look, you know, less than stellar um but in regards to Katuria getting a c as well i think, uh, I think an a i don't think he gets in, named sorry, the captain, honestly, yeah but um i was thinking of c for Katuria, but um getting an a i think you know i think 
Torts is one of those guys where he might make him earn it, but we'll see. Yeah. I think, you know, if anyone kind of deserves one at this point, it's definitely Lawton. Um, he has one on his jersey in the graphic that the Flyers put out with the mm-hmm. opening night roster. So, I, you know, I assume that he's going to have one on come Thursday night. So, we'll see. But I could, I could honestly see Lawton also getting, being named the captain midway through yeah. the season at some point. You know, I'd, I personally am of the ilk of the fan base who thinks he's deserving of it and he should have the captaincy. Um, but you know, Torts is going to do what Torts wants to do. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think I don't want to think too far ahead here, but depending on where the Flyers are at closer to the trade deadline again, we know in the past that phones have been ringing for Lawton and with the Flyers actually now in rebuild mode, you know, he could be that, you know, sadly sacrificial lamb that has to go for the Flyers to get some more draft capital or to get, you know, mm-hmm. some other, I don't know. I don't know if Lawton would fetch a higher end player, but in the right package deal, you know, he could, but we'll get, get that. some nice assets. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that bridge um, if we, if we. That's you know, months we'll, down the line. <laughs> yeah, we'll cross that bridge if we get there, not when yes. we get there. But, you know. For now, I think it's just going to be nice to sit down, watch some Flyers hockey on Thursday. Um, hopefully, you know, the Phillies can bounce back from last night. That was a very brutal loss. And I was going to th- throw myself out of my window. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the Flyers are back Thursday. The NHL is back now. Uh, we have our first end result of the regular season with the Tampa Bay Lightning taking down the Nashville Predators 5-3 at Amelie Arena. And we are about to – God, I hate I hate that I'm about to say this because I just hate the fact that they got him. But the next game on the slate is the Connor Bedard show starting in the NHL. Whoop-de-doo. We get it. The kid's good, and the the draft was rigged, and the Blackhawks, you know, God forbid they suck for two or three years. But anyway. Um, Don't I worry. Digress. Matt Mitchkov will be a better player. Yeah. But the, the Chicago Blackhawks are about to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. In Pittsburgh, they have, obviously, you know, the young phenom, Connor Bedard, against the, uh, the savvy, the now savvy veteran, Sidney Crosby. So we have, you know, we have a kid versus the kid. And, you know, hopefully, I'm going to say it now, I hope someone feeds Bedard his lunch at some point in this game because I would love that. I don't want to wish injury on anyone, but I think at some point he needs that, you know, welcome to the NHL type of hit. To what, like, like what TJ Oshie put on Adam Fantilli the other night? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, let the kid know you're there. I don't care if it draws a crowd, as they say, but... Again, I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I, I want the kid to have a prosperous career. You know, he's great for the game, as they say. But someone, you know, I mean, let the kid know. Let the kid know that this is the NHL. Connor Bedard already being a rule breaker. He went out for warmups with no bucket on for his rookie lap in the entirety of warmups, and thus breaking the rule that was put in three years ago, saying that players who haven't who entered the league after the 2020-2021 season they would have to wear a helmet and visor during warmups. And he went out there, no bucket. So uh, Connor Bedard already expect your first fine incoming from Gary Bettman's office. You rule breaker, troublemaker. Yeah. 
I think uh, the Blackhawks are going to pick up the tab on that one with their, oh, you know, for sure. with their sexual harassment cover-up money. Oh, um, yeah. You just see how the Blackhawks are wearing patches to honor Rocky Wirtz, who passed away. The guy who literally led the cover-up charge for everything. It's just, it's it's completely sickening. And in fact, today you had other news. We're not trying to get political on this podcast, but the NHL put a ban on pride tape. So it's just overall not really the best news day for the National Hockey League. Hashtag not my hockey league. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. But with that, <laughs> Matt, we can we can digress from those hairy topics just to digress real quick. We do have we do have one more game though. After this one. Yes, yes, there's a, there is a, an evening game. Yeah, but so I'm, that, I want to go to, back to your point on the Flyers and Kateri and Atkinson about getting the rust off. Okay. The one good thing about having John Tortorella as a coach is he demands that the players come into camp in game shape because yeah. the first couple of days of camp are brutal with his skate test. So I think the fact that it's probably a good thing for Coots and Atkinson because if they weren't ready to be playing, they wouldn't be in the lineup. So I have all faith in Tortorella there in regards to those two. I agree. I agree. I like that his first day at camp is just, you know, strictly skating. Um, But so, yeah, what I was going to say is our nightcap for this evening on the triple header on ESPN and ESPN Plus, no free ads. um, We have the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights uh, celebrating their championship, you know, raising the banner doing one last lap with the cup, all that jazz when you win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's not the Flyers, and they didn't win the cup when it's the Flyers. That's, you know, one day win the cup. We'll talk about this nonstop. But anyway, you know, what they're going to do in Vegas is just, you know, they'll they'll unveil the banner, do a bunch of stuff honoring the, the Stanley Cup champions, obviously the Vegas Golden Knights winning in just their sixth season, which is crazy. But, um, you know, some... Who doesn't love a show, especially in Vegas? So that's obviously going to be a spectacle. But, um, you know, Seattle Kraken, I'm sure, in for a, um, you know, I guess a treat, if you want to call it that. Um, I'm starting to, I don't know if you feel the same way, Dave, but I'm starting to not like Vegas, um, mainly because of Mark Stone. And I think he's just softer than, you know, 10-ply toilet paper. Because, Softer uh, than lukewarm butter that you left out on the counter overnight? Yeah. Like, I mean, the dude gets – he gets hit by – like, he gets a – he receives a clean check in the preseason. And then, you know, he's up by and former, uh By former uh, Reading Royal in Lehigh Valley Phantom great Hayden Hodgson. Yep. But, like, the dude just gets, you know, laid out. He gets bodied. Clean hit. You know, nothing – Um whatever nothing dirty all that type of stuff but and then he's in the media afterwards like oh it's so dirty blah 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 like so that's the last time off the play against that player yeah if i'm la i keep him on the roster just because of that just to annoy the hell out of mark stone but yeah i'm with you matt on vegas i'm just they literally got the league made it so that they were going to be set up for success when they came in because let's face it you couldn't have a pro hockey team come into Vegas and it fall, you know, flat on its ass and not do well off the hop, or else it would have been a complete failure. And probably, and then you probably wouldn't have Seattle in the league if that happened. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm over Vegas. They, they won their cup. They now have a very old hockey team with shit for prospects. 
and they are going to stink very soon, and we'll see how Vegas reacts to that. Yeah. But for um, now, they're still good. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, like I said, we've only got three games tonight. We're obviously, you know, the puck just dropped on the first – or not the second, the, sorry, the second one between Chicago and Pittsburgh with Connor Bedard making his NHL debut with the Chicago Blackhawks. But, Dave, enough about the current games going on. We'll get a little bit more into those later if we need to. But um, what say we talk about the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Yes, yes, I'm all aboard that. So I figured let's start out West first. And um, we can just kind of go right down the list here, starting with the Pacific Division. Uh, of course, last year, the Vegas Golden Knights winning the division um, in first place, followed by the Edmonton Oilers, Los Angeles Kings, Seattle Kraken, Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks, San Jose Sharks, and Anaheim Ducks. Um, some really good teams and some really bad teams in this division. We're not going to go over like too, too in depth on each team here. Uh, but Matt, out of this Pacific division, who do you have making the playoffs and in what order? One, two, three seed or a wild card? I guess I would have to say. Hmm, winning the division. I'm going to pick the Edmonton Oilers. That's a spicy I think, pick. I think Vegas is going to have a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover, and I think they're going to come in second. And then third in the division, I'm going to go with... Hmm, I'm going to say Calgary. I think Calgary's... They barely missed the playoffs last season, if I'm not mistaken, correct? They actually had the same amount of points as the Florida Panthers. Yep. So they missed the playoffs. If they were in the Eastern Conference, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. So um, I think they're kind of due for a a bounce back. Plus, you know, I always love to see the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs if it gets to that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, my one, two, three for the Pacific Division is going to be the Edmonton Oilers, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Calgary Flames. Um, Anaheim, you know, they still are kind of on the outside looking in, I think. Uh, they did re-sign Zegris, obviously, to another deal, which is good. And Drysdale. And Drysdale, yes. I mean, they have a lot of good young talent, but they just, you know, haven't put it all together yet, I think. Um, L.A. was a bit of a surprise last year. Um, I mean, I could see them, you know, giving people some trouble again being, I'd say they're a bubble team, but they lean a little bit more towards the inside of the bubble than the outside. So I think they'll be kind of you know, in the mix come the playoff run. But you don't uh, have them as making the playoffs at all. What? You don't have them making the playoffs as a wild card? No. Ooh, spicy. Mm, yeah, I think the central the central is gonna have both wild cards. Um okay. but and then I think, you know, San Jose, yikes. <laughs> um they're gonna be bad. Yeah, they're gonna be bad. Um See, I see, see, this is tough. The Pacific Division's gotten better over the years, I think. Um, Seattle, obviously, you know, knocked off the uh, the Avalanche in the first round last year in the playoffs. So, you know, I think, again, my picks are my picks. They're just very off the cuff. I really didn't know prior research to any of this. Um, but, you know, I'm just thinking with my gut on the spot here. And, you know, I'm going with, you know, Edmonton, Vegas, and Calgary. Um, I guess, you know, I'll go Seattle as a wild card for the, uh, for the West. Okay. So, um, but 
Yeah, so that's my Pacific Division picks. Dave, what are your thoughts? I, I too, have Edmonton winning the division, and I think I agree with you that Vegas will have a bit of a Stanley Cup hangover. Um, Maybe Aiden Hill comes back down to earth a little bit, Um, but I still think they will finish second in the division. Third, I have the Calgary Flames also making it back in the playoffs. And then my wild card seed from the Pacific Division, I have the LA Kings making the playoffs. Um, the only reason why I have the LA Kings dropping down from the third spot to a wild card this year versus last year is because of their goaltending. Uh, they let Jonas Corpusala walk away in free agency, and now they currently have Phoenix Coplay, uh, Cam Talbot, and David Riddich as their three goalies. And that goaltending trio scares the crap out of me. That's not very good goaltending. Um, however, their their offense, their defense, especially especially their center depth, their one, two, three of Kopitar, Deneau, and Pierre Luc Dubois, is probably if not the best three centers down the middle in the entire league. It's one one of the best trios of centers. Yeah. Um, so I think they get in there in, in a wild card seed. Um, Calgary, I completely agree with you, has a bounce back season. I think we're going to see Jacob. They got rid of Daryl Sutter. They got rid of some other pieces that were causing problems with the, with the franchise. I think, but I think the big thing is I think you see Jonathan Huberto really have a season um, that Calgary, the Calgary expected him to have last year, this year. And I definitely think that Jacob Markstrom in net has a bounce back year, and he might even be a potential best in the candidate. Um, but yeah, Seattle not making the playoffs. I think they stink. I think it was lucky they made it past the Avalanche round. The Avalanche were extremely hurt last year in the first round of the playoffs. Um, and they weren't the same team that won the cup the year prior. Um, and I just don't, I don't like Seattle's goaltending. I don't like their defense. I don't like their offense. I still think they are a very bad hockey team. And last year was a fluke. Um, Vancouver, again, a bubble team. I think they're just going to miss, but progress there. Then San Jose and Anaheim are just going to be really, really bad. There's no way to sugarcoat it there. They are just going to stink. Yeah, I think I was going to go back to Calgary for a second and, um, I'm watching Bedard's first power play here. Um, but going back to Calgary for a second, I think Huberto's definitely due for a bounce back year. I think it came out a few days ago that he said that this was like the first time in his career that he wasn't looking forward to coming back to the rink for a training camp, um, which is, you know, tough. Um, but, you know, when a guy says that, hopefully he kind of has that extra motivation to to be a better player than he was the season before. And, you know, kind of no no pun intended because he's on the flames, but, you know, light a fire under his own ass and, you know, come out swinging, so to speak. So I think, you know, the Flames definitely have something to prove where they didn't miss the playoffs. But like you said, Dave, they had the same amount of points as the Florida Panthers um, who went to the uh, the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, if they were in the, the Eastern Conference, they would have been in the mix. So I think, you know, hopefully they can recreate that maybe even a little bit better. But um, you know, overall, I think, you know, good picks by both of us because we're not going to say that our picks suck. Yes. So with <laughs> that said, we can move on to the Central Division now, of course, that being in order from first place to last place in the division, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, the Winnipeg Jets. They were year one, two, three and wild card seeds of the playoffs last year. Then just missed the playoffs, the National Predators, St. Louis Blues. Arizona Coyotes and Chicago Blackhawks. Matt, I'll take the mic here first since you went first last time. Um, no surprise here. The Colorado Avalanche are going to win this division 
easy peasy. And I think they win the president's trophy this year. Um, second place. I do like the Dallas stars to say exactly where they're at. Second place in the division. I think they have a fantastic goaltending. They have a great defense. They have a high powered offense. Really, really like the stars and what they're doing. Um, in third place, I have um, the. This is where it gets tricky. Um, but in third place, I think the Nashville Predators make it back in the postseason. And I think they get in there in the top three spot. Not the greatest showing tonight when they need to lose five to three to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know what? What the hell? I think Nashville gets back in there as, as a three seed. And then I have Minnesota Wild making it in as a wild card. Um, I do not have the Winnipeg Jets, St. Louis Blues, Arizona Coyotes, or Chicago Blackhawks making the playoffs at all. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, I think that that is still a very toxic locker room. Even though the Jets did just announce they extended Mark Shrifley and goaltender Connor Hellebuck to um, long contract extensions the other day, um, I think both those players are, are potentially gone by the trade deadline. Um they have a lot to work they need to do in Winnipeg. It's like I said, it's a very toxic locker room, and that team just screams they're not going to be good. Toxic um, work environment. What? A toxic work environment. A toxic work environment. There you go. Um, happens. But uh, and then going so the Jets are going to miss St. Louis Blues. You know, granted, I am all in favor of their new captain in Braden Shen. I love that pick for them. Um, they're just getting old and I just hate Jordan Bennington. You know, he was lightning in a bottle to get them that one Stanley cup. Um, but they're just, I don't overall, their defense isn't very good and I'm not a fan of their goaltending. So they're going to miss Arizona is Arizona. I mean, (laughs) keep on with that rebuild baby and just try and find a rank an actual NHL ring. So you're done playing at Arizona state university. Mullet is going to be rocking. It, oh, I heard it's a. I mean, I would go to a game there 100%. If they're giving uh, away free jerseys like they did last year, I'm going to be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, maybe a podcast <laughs> trip to watch the Flyers play the Yotes in Arizona. Never know. Um, and then, of course, the, the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, they still stink. Yeah, they have Connor Bedard, but he's not going to be enough to get them to the playoffs. Yeah, they added Taylor Hall, yada, yada, yada. They're still a terrible hockey team. Um, yes, they were just gifted a generational talent, um, but they're not going to change. Their goaltending is still Peter Mrazek, and I have no idea who else their goalie is. So they're, they're also suck already losing. Right out. Phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, those are my picks, Matt. So, again, I got Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, and Minnesota. You have Minnesota in the wild card? I do. I have Nashville just getting ahead of them. I think I will say this. I will put an asterisk next to the three and wildcard seed. I think between Minnesota and Nashville, it'll be a one point or a tiebreaker situation separating them from the third seed in the wildcard. And it could be either or team. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to, I mean, even when, before you were um, giving your picks, I was looking at the, the central division. I think I definitely have to mirror what you said. Colorado, I think, again, like you said, was definitely hurt last season. They didn't have their full firepower against the Kraken going up in the in the first round of the playoffs. Landeskog was out that whole series, right? And, he and, was out and he's still out, potentially, too. But yeah. they added some really key pieces, <clears throat> and they're reuniting Jonathan Drouin with Nate McKinnon. Yeah. Um, so I think they're kind of due for a, um, I guess, can you call it a revenge tour? I think so. A return to form. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. A return to form. Um, I think, you know, they definitely still have a lot of gas left in the tank, especially with a guy like Kale McCarr, obviously McKinnon, Druin. Um, I'm trying to think of their goalies. Francois? Pavel Francis and um, the goalie from the Rangers that used to be in the Rangers, uh, Gorgiev, the guy who punched oh, yeah, uh, Tony yeah, D'Angelo. Yeah. Okay. That's a solid goaltender duo. Um, yeah, I think, you know, they – it's definitely disappointing that they were ousted in the first round last season after such a crazy, you know, Stanley Cup run the year before. But, you know, that's that's kind of the only way you can go is up now at this point, I guess. Uh, not that they did hit rock bottom, but that's obviously, you know, a tough out getting eliminated in the first round against the expansion team. But I digress. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, again, Dallas has definitely come into their own the past few years. Ottinger has been unreal um, in the regular season and in the playoffs. Goaltending is obviously key to get you there. Um, you know, Dallas has, you know, Sagan. Um, what? Is Rad is Radulov still on there? The Warthog? No, Radulov's over in the KHL. He's actually the uh, captain okay. of the team he's on at. But they got right, Sagan, the Jordy Ben, my boy, Rupe Hints. Oh, yeah, yeah, my man, Rope. Um uh, uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they have a solid squad. Not much has changed from last year with them, so I think they definitely can, you know, quote-unquote run it back and get to where they were last year, maybe even further. And then I think, again, you know, like you said, it's a toss-up between Minnesota and Nashville for that third seed slash that wild card. Nashville, I think, you know, they got Ryan O'Reilly, which is good. He's he's a good, you know, glue guy, uh, the fact daddy, as they call him, on uh, missing curfew. But... <laughs> He's definitely a good, you know, he's a glue guy, good locker room presence, a good depth player on the ice to kind of get you, you know, get in, getting pucks deep and then throwing the body and stuff like that. So I think, you know, aside from their showing tonight, and again, it's the first of 82 games. So, you know, it's a, it's a long road we're on here tonight. And tonight's just the first, the first mile, so to speak. So there's still a lot of track left for all these teams tonight, regardless of, you know, one game. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, Nashville's definitely got, hopefully is kind of coming into their own again, especially with Barry Trotz as the, um, he's GM. the GM now. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize too, I was watching the broadcast earlier a little bit, um, their coach, Andrew Burnett, uh, he actually scored the first goal ever for the Nashville Predators in their franchise. That's a nice uh, little think, tidbit. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, I think it was back in 1987, I want to say. Um, 97, maybe, not 87. 97, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I was getting a little too, a little too far back in time, but so. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's a, it's a good like full circle moment, so to speak. And I think Barry Trotz was actually the coach at that time when Andrew Burnett was a player on the. Yes, National and Party. it was 1998. Close. <laughs> just a year off. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, so, you know, fun fact about that. And I think, again, Minnesota has definitely come into their own as well over the past few years. They were kind of, you know, as we talked about so much, the white bread of the NHL. But ever since they got Kirill Kaprizov and Chuck Fletcher left their team, you know, Bill Guerin comes in and says, oh, I can actually run this better than this other guy. Um, And, you know, I can do some things with this. Yeah, they're, you know, they're playoff, um, you know, I wouldn't say playoff locks, but they're definitely playoff, you know, contenders. Um, so there's chances that they're going to be there again. And yeah, so I think again, you know, great picks by both of us going to toot our own horns, pat ourselves on the back, um, whatever you want to say there. And Dave, I think that wraps up the West for us here. 
that does wrap up the West. So now we can move east to the Atlantic Division. This is where things might get spicy here. Yep. Oh, Matt, I, can, I think you can already know where I'm going with how this division is going to go with one team in particular. <laughs> um, but, of course, the Boston Bruins finished in first, followed by your Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, the Buffalo Sabres, the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Montreal Canadiens. Of course, the Bruins going one, Toronto going two, Tampa going three, and the Florida Panthers um, being that wild card seed. Um Matt, who do you have making the playoffs out of the Atlantic Division? Oh, this is a tough one. I want to throw a wrench in everything. But, all right, so I think I'm going to go. This is tough. There's a lot of key factors here with this division. Really big turnover for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Tampa Bay is also going to be missing Vasilevsky for the first, I think, couple months, mm-hmm. um, which could be a factor. I don't know if it'll be too much of a factor, though, because they did win tonight. But that's only one. I mean, right now their starting well. goalie is Jonas Johansson, who's not good. Yeah, so that could be a problem. And they did lose Maroon. Um, I know he's not, like, a, you know, the skill, the skilliest player. I'll make up a word there, but... You know, he's definitely a guy who, you know, you want on your team, so to speak. Plus, I think the – not the Penguins. The Lightning have played the most hockey over the past three years. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they finally got, I think, a pretty full summer's rest, so to speak, over the off season, And it's that whole thing of uh, either, you know, rest versus rust, but also just fatigue. I mean, they've played so many games over the past three seasons. And, you know um, – it might just catch up with them at this point. So we'll see. Uh, oof, it's tough, though. I guess number one, I have to go, and it's, and I'm going to do this just to put more pressure on them, but I'm going to go Toronto at number one in the Atlantic Division. And then I'm going to go, I'll go Tampa at two. And then three, I'm going to go, hmm. I really want to go – I'll go Florida at number three. And then a wild card, I'm throwing a wrench in all of it. A wild card in the east, the Ottawa Senators. Okay. So um, I think Florida obviously has the most pressure on everyone like than everyone else because um, they went to the cup final last year. But, you know – they kind of had that springboard series against the Bruins that propelled them all the way there. Obviously, they they swept the Leafs, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's going to be tough to get back there. I think, obviously, you know, if you don't win it all, it's even tougher to get back there to try to do it again. So um, I think there's a lot of pressure on them. But, yeah, I think I'm going to go, like I said, number one, I'm going to go Toronto. Two, I'm going to go Tampa. Three, Florida. And then I'm going to have Ottawa in a wild card. So the Bruins not making the playoffs. Wow. No. Um, Screw the Bruins. I, too, have Toronto going first in this division. Um, I think they are overall, out of all the teams in this division, the best one on paper. And I really do like the moves they made in the offseason. This is kind of a make-or-break-it deal, uh, make-it-or-break-it type of year for them. So I have them winning the division. Um, 
I then had the Tampa Bay Lightning finishing in second, right behind them. I think Tampa Bay actually has a record above 500 on the road this year. Um, even without with with missing Vasilevsky for the first couple months of the season, I think they are going to get some goaltending help, um, and they'll be just fine. Number three, I do have the Boston Bruins still making the postseason. Um, even though they are missing Patrice Bergeron and now David Krejci, I think the goaltending com- combo of Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark is still going to be unreal. Their defense is fantastic. And even their forward core, without, you know, Krejci and, and Bergeron, they still have Brad Marchand as their new captain. Of course, they have Pasternak. Um, they have a lot of other good pieces I think are going to take another step forward. So I had them finishing third in the division. And then for my wild card seed, I had the Buffalo Sabres getting back in the Stanley mm. Cup playoffs. Um, thus being said, I have the fraudulent Florida Panthers missing the postseason, along with the Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings, and Montreal Canadiens. Montreal is going to finish last in the division. They are just a really bad, bad hockey team. The lottery contenders. Um, I think Detroit and Ottawa um, – so signs of getting there, but they're just going to miss the playoffs. And I think Florida is going to be, um, you know, I think this run they went on last year was a, a flash in the hot pan and it's not really who they are as a hockey team. And uh, I will hate them until my dying breath for some reason. Um, yeah. I just don't think the Florida Panthers are that legitimate of a team. And um you know, you really saw them once they started losing their stars and they got hurt in the cup final. They had no, they had no answer to Vegas and also Sergey Bobrovsky. You know, he had a good postseason and an okay season last year. That means we're up for a bad Sergey Bobrovsky season. Uh, I don't like their defense. Spencer Knight is now in the American Hockey League after f- completing the NHL player substance abuse program system. So glad that he is back um, playing, but he's not starting the the year with them. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I have them missing. Um, Ottawa, Detroit, another good year of growth, but not good enough. And Montreal is just going to be really bad. Yeah, I like that. Um, You know, I just think the Atlantic is a little bit of a toss-up, I think, compared to other divisions. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're on the same page for the most part with, you know, obviously the difference being the the Panthers and the Bruins and then obviously um, having the Buffalo Sabres as a wild card. But – you know, that's part of the fun, right? We just kind of mm-hmm. see how this journey unfolds. Yes. So with that now, we can move on to our last division, the Metropolitan Division, of course, the, the yours truly Philadelphia Flyers division. Um, the order from first to last in the division last year was the Carolina Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um Matt, going here first in my order as a who make the playoffs one, two, three in a wild card. I, of course, I had the Carolina Hurricanes repeating again as winning this division, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, they're the best team in the division on paper, I think, from top to bottom. Um, and I expect them to have a deep playoff run. In second place, oh. This is where it gets really tricky because I have to think logically and not with my heart here. Um, I think the New York Rangers are going to finish second overall in the division. I think Igor Shosturkin has one hell of a bounce back year, and I think they get some great goaltend, 
great goaltending, great defense, and great offense from their core of their team overall. I think Adam Fox is a Norris, you know, trophy finalist because um, he's just a phenomenal player. He, you know, he's essentially the other, he's the Eastern Conference version of Kale McCarr um, with a little bit more of a physical edge to him. Um, so I have New York Rangers in second overall. In third, I do have the New Jersey Devils. Um, they are a hell of a hockey team and they have got great elite franchise level talent there with, you know, uh, the Hughes brothers that are there. Plus their only question mark. And the reason why I had them fishing third is their goaltending. I'm not sure. Um, Vitek Vancic and that Schmid kid. I'm not sure. Like, I think there could be an issue there with both of them. I'm not really sold as either of them being a starter in the national hockey league. Um, and then as your wild card team, the Washington Capitals, I think, will get back in the mix as a wild card. I think Alex Ovechkin is going to score a crap ton of goals. I think Darcy Kemper will have a bounce back year in net. And I really think that the Washington Capitals hadn't lost John Carlson to injury last year. He's really the glue that keeps their defense together. They probably would have made the playoffs. Um, so I have them getting back in as a wild card. That means I have the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets all missing the playoffs. Um, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I just think it's too little too late. They're too old. I get they brought in Eric Carlson, but he's not really what they needed. I mean, any team would be a sad to get Eric Carlson, and the Penguins did so. Um, but I just don't think they have a whole lot of depth. They're old, and I don't like their goaltending, so the Penguins will miss the playoffs. Um, the New York Islanders, besides their goaltending, I do not like their hockey team at all on defense or on forward, so they're going to miss. Um, of course, the Flyers are going to be the Flyers. Um, I do have them finishing. I think they're going to stay where they are. They're, they're going to finish second to last in the division again. Um, they're going to be watchable, but they're going to be bad. And it's probably going to lead to another elite draft pick next season. And then the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, yet again, I don't like what they're selling. I think they have overall, I think they have a bad culture from organization on down with Yarmulkekalainen and the whole Babcock situation and having to fire him and then bring in the guy who they probably should name coach in the first place. Um, but I definitely see maybe potentially the Blue Jackets blowing up and trading away Line A and Goudreau and other players for assets. Um, but overall, I still do like the Flyers better on paper than the Blue Jackets. So Carolina, New York, the New York Rangers, the um, New, Jersey, New Jersey Devils, and the Washington Capitals all getting in for me out of the Metro. Yeah, I mean, I think I have to kind of, you know, wholeheartedly agree with you there dave um i think you know last year well the last couple of years i've really kind of seen the changing of the guard so to speak in the metro division with teams like the pick the penguins and the capitals you know on the decline uh the penguins missing the playoffs last year the capitals missed it last year too correct yeah yeah, yeah. by like a lot by yeah. by 13 points yeah um so like those you know the the powerhouses of old um are getting old and, you know, they they have the talent, but they just don't have, you know, what it takes to get them to the postseason. Um, and, you know, again, we're seeing teams like Carolina, 
the Devils, the Rangers. Fingers crossed one day the Flyers, you know. That would be nice. Coming around, so to speak, and, you know, making the playoffs. Um, So, you know, I think I definitely have to agree. I think that um, I'm going to interch—I'm going to go like a toss-up between the Penguins and the Caps for the wild card. Um, I think, you know, they're kind of like the Bruins are where— you know, as much as they might be old or, you know, lost guys or something like that, they still kind of can, you know, they're the old dogs that know all the tricks, so to speak. Um, they have won Stanley Cups within the past few years, whether it's been one or two. Obviously, you know, the Penguins went back to back and they had, you know, all the, the couple before that as well. Um, so I think, again, they, they know what it takes to win. It's just a matter of having the, the stamina and, you know, obviously the skill to do that. So... I think that wild card for me is going to be a toss up between the the that the Capitals and the Penguins. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, the Flyers are not going to make the playoffs. That's okay. We aren't expecting them to. Um, again, like you said, we're hoping that they're you know entertaining, they're watchable, dare I say, enjoyable to a degree. Um, possibly, the only time will tell. But the New Jerseys do look phenomenal on TV. They do. The the tidbits that I did watch of the preseason, I would look up the TV and was like, damn, those are crisp. So um gonna have to, you know, give this team some of my money again at some point. And just like I have always said, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. They really get so, right back in. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs. Uh, the Islanders, you know, can go suck an egg as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> they are the most boring franchise in the NHL. Um, it's they like, are now the white brand of hockey. Yeah, it's like watching paint dry um, or you just watch Matt Barzell skate in circles around the offensive zone until, you know, he gets a shot on goal. But um, I do not like the Islanders, you know, on paper or as a fan. So... You know, they can go take a hike as far as I'm concerned. I hope they don't make the playoffs. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Columbus is, you know, they're kind of a dumpster fire as well where they, they hire Babcock. He gets that whole thing with the cell phone and being a weirdo. Uh, he gets canned before he even plays. He coaches a game. And, you know, they kind of have to run run it back, so to speak. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And, um yeah, I think, again, you know, Carolina, uh, the Devils, and the Rangers with the toss-up for the wild card being between the rain, the Capitals and the Penguins. So, um, you know, I think the Metro, I think, has kind of been the most evolved of all the, I would say, all the um, divisions. But, you know, it's just good to see kind of a changing in the guard overall in hockey um, with so many teams kind of, you know, coming around, so to speak. So... Regardless of if our picks are right or wrong or close or not close at all, you know, it's it's still fun to do this and to see how right we can be. We'll, we'll have to go back and re-listen to this podcast um, around the playoffs when they start in the springtime. And yeah. when, when we see who who made it and who didn't and see how right we were. Yep. Or how wrong we were. Yeah. We very well could, you know, crash and burn. So... Or we we'll are see. just two geniuses, you know? It's just yep. how it works sometimes. 
yeah, you know, if we if if it doesn't go our way, we'll say that the league is rigged. But if it doesn't, if it does go our way, then we'll be like, you know, we told you so. I will preface one thing about the New York Islanders is the fact that their goaltending is elite of the elite and some of the best in the league. If Ilya Sorokin has another Vesna-esque-like season, he could kick and drag the Islanders to the postseason. It's going to be boring, and they're going to be a pain in the ass to watch in the playoffs, and you're not going to like doing it, but it could happen. I say unwillingly. <laughs> um. But Dave, with that, I you know that obviously covers our our picks for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference for the playoffs on the first night of the NHL regular season, the 2023-24 season. Hockey is back, and dare I say it could be better than ever. But not if you're a Flyers fan, not particularly. Um, but it's going to get better. Maybe yes. that should be that should be on the shirts for the home opener. Uh, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Yeah, put yeah. that on a t-shirt. Yeah. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's good to have hockey back. It's great to you know constantly have something to watch now. On top of you know obviously having the Eagles and the Phillies, um, you just you know uh, I personally do have ESPN Plus, so I'll be able to watch you know a lot of games whether it's you know out of out of market as they say. Um, one thing I am excited about, I don't know why they're doing it for just one night, um, but they're doing a an NHL version of Red Zone mm-hmm. um, on the night that. that all 32 teams play, um, which I'm very excited about. I feel like there's definitely a way to capitalize on that on ESPN Plus, um, where I don't know if, I guess, is NHL TV still a thing? Nope. Okay. It's just ESPN Plus. Gotcha. I feel like there, and I might be wrong, and I just haven't seen it yet, but, like, there should be a way for viewers to have multi-screens. Um, I mean, YouTube TV, be nice. YouTube TV does it, which is great. Um, like, I can watch, you know, I've watched four college football games at once. Uh, I've watched, you know, multiple NFL games at once, multiple MLB games. So it's like, I don't know, maybe if there's game like, for the playoffs, maybe they'll do it on YouTube TV because obviously there'll be games on at the same time. But, um, you know, ESPN Plus, I feel like there's definitely, you know, whether it doesn't have to be like Red Zone where you have, you know, a dude like Chris Hansen. Um, is it Chris Hansen? Yeah. Um, calling. Is Chris Hansen the dude from <laughs> To Catch a Predator? Or am I saying the right name? I, I have no I don't even watch the Red Zone. When I'm, when I'm watching the NFL – I'm either watching the Eagles for the whole entire Eagles game. I need to double check this. Or I'm watching sure other games because it's the only thing on TV. NFL Red Zone. Oh, there's that 9 o'clock train. Oh, it's Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Yeah. Okay. We're not Chris talking Hansen. Hansen, the 90s boy band either. Chris Hansen's definitely the dude from To Catch a Predator. So I had the wrong first name there. But um, Scott Hansen, um, you know, eight hours of commercial free football with the Octo Box and all that jazz. You got to love it. Um, if they, you know, if that's anywhere close to what it is for the NHL that one day, which is, again, kind of a bummer, then it'll be good. But it's going to leave, you know, it's going to leave us with wanting more. And I think. Or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> or, yeah, or it's going to suck. Um, so we'll see. I guess maybe they have to, you know, see what the fan feedback is on that first before they, you know, do something else. But. 
Um, and I guess, you know, obviously, but again, it's not as big as, and it's not as big as ESPN plus where there is NHL network and they do NHL on the fly Mm -hmm. and they do live look-ins and stuff like that. But that's also, I mean, you know, granted ESPN plus is also a premium type thing, but not everyone had, like, I feel like more people have ESPN plus than more than have NHL network. Oh Uh, uh, yeah. Cause to, to get NHL network, the only way to get it is if you have to pay for normal cable and you have to buy the sports yeah. package. Yep. Like you can't yeah, get it if you have YouTube TV or any type yeah. of streaming TV service. Yep. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, it's a shame, but I guess that's the way it is. Um, but I think, again, you know, hopefully that that one day of NHL, I think it's called Frozen Frenzy. Yeah, that's what it is. It's going to be called Frozen Frenzy. If that can become a regular type thing, you know, through ESPN+, Plus. Just again, you don't have to have someone commentating it like Scott Hansen does, Scott Hansen on Red Zone. Um, then, you know, just give us the ability to watch, you know, multiple games at once and, you know, let my eyes rot while I watch four different things on TV at once. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes that, that first time around and hopefully they're able to build off of it. Yeah, definitely. Um just kind of a couple last things to wrap up here before we do end the podcast this week. We do need to mention um, it was announced that Barry Melrose, longtime figure in the National Hockey League, former coach of the LA Kings with Wayne Gretzky, but also more so known now for his longtime work on ESPN, um, is taking a step away from broadcasting as he was diagnosed with Parkinson's Parkinson's disease. Yeah, is going to be spending some time with his wife and family. Um, so we just want to pass on our well wishes and thoughts to Barry and his family here. Uh, Parkinson's disease is no joke. And, uh, we know we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, obviously, um, something that is very tough to deal with as time goes on. And it's, it's good that he is, you know, stepping away from his career as a uh, broadcaster to spend that necessary time with his family. So we definitely do wish him the best. And it's, you know, it was always great seeing him. Um, before the NHL got back onto ESPN, um, you know, you'd see him on SportsCenter every so often talking hockey um, or, you know, for the Frozen Four uh, for the NCAA tournament uh, with that, you know, the signature slick back mullet and uh, the checkered slash crazy suits. Um, kind of, and I know he's problematic now, but can you compare him to an American version of Don Cherry? No, I don't think there's because I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Barry Melrose is Canadian. All right, well, um, the Canadian version of Canadians, Don Cherry. No, no one would ever come. No one will ever come close to Don Cherry, even though yeah. it ended very poorly for him. Um, no one was, but you know, for being the 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 the. the banger of the drum for the National Hockey League on ESPN for a lot of years and frankly they couldn't give a shit about the NHL he did do a good job and a good service and was trying to keep that audience engaged so yeah he was he joined he joined ESPN uh in 1996 so um it's been almost you know 30 years since he has done that and I think he's obviously you know been a champion of the game uh on and off the ice and I think you know it's tough to see something like this come down um, to get, you know, diagnosed with a disease like Parkinson's is just so tough. Um, you know, a couple of prominent people we've seen, um, you know, Michael J. Fox or Muhammad Ali, um, both, you know, a famous actor and, you know, the arguably the greatest boxer of all time. So, 
you know, it's it's tough to see something like that happen to such a, an iconic figure. Mm-hmm. But we wish Barry the best, and you know, we'll be rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but with that, Matt, uh, I've got nothing else on the plate for this evening. Uh, there's some stuff around the league, but I think it would take us another hour to play catch up. So for the sake of time and for the sake of our listeners' time, um, we will forego the around the league. Um, if you do need to catch up on all the news, uh, hopefully they give me a free something here for plugging them, but go to NHL.com. Um, you know, that's obviously the, the best thing to do for hockey news. Um, or if you follow, you know, follow people that are reputable sources on Twitter. Um, I can't even say have the blue check mark because everyone can have a blue check mark now. Um, yeah, they thanks Elon. But just you know, guys, guys that are you know, if there's an NBC affiliate and like ESPN, you know, Kevin Weeks for example, great guy, breaking news from his pantry. Elliot Friedman. Um, yeah, Elliot Friedman. Um, you know, Bucci Gross, all those type of guys. So you know, pick your sources wisely, but. Um, for the sake of time this week, we won't go around the league and, you know, we'll, we'll see everyone next week for, you know, we'll have some actual Flyers games to talk about and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could put that on the shirt as well instead of, um, we'll it's going to get better. It's yeah. We'll see what happens. Just do we'll a, see a what happens sided. and it's going to get better. I think. Yeah. Yep. So, but one fun fact I do have before we go, um, Flyers do have a new activated hashtag on Twitter. Yes. Um, we are no longer hashtag fueled by Philly. We are just hashtag let's go flyers. And that'll automatically pop up the flyers logo on the hashtag. So tweet away. Um, I, you know, <laughs> flyers Twitter is about to be back in full swing, um, I'm which I'm, it. I'm here for it. Oh God. I have to mentally prepare for this again. Um, we need that first flyers after dark Twitter broadcast sphere. True. That's always A plus material. When we get real rowdy on the Twitter sphere. Oh yeah. Or the X, the X. No, no, it's it's Twitter. Cut that the shit X out. Sphere. It's Twitter. It's don't get Elon what he wants. It's 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 fucking Twitter. And there's the one <laughs> F bond for this week. Great. Now we have to make it explicit because you say that at the end of the podcast. If you um, listen to last week's episode, Brenna, Brenna let it fly first. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, um, we'll get back to the swing of things here and ease ourselves into the Flyers regular season. Obviously, they have their game Thursday. Uh, they have their home opener is not until next week. Tuesday uh, the 17th. Yeah. Which That's potentially we could have some boots on the ground for. True. All I know is that if I get tickets, they're going to be dirt cheap. Oh, yeah, you buy at 5 o'clock game of. Day of game. Yep. Um. They are... Oh, yeah, so they have a game... Oh, so they play uh, they play Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators on Saturday at one mm-hmm. o'clock. So we have a little bit of matinee hockey, which is good. And then they obviously they have a two game homestand with the Vancouver Canucks on the seventeenth, and then the Edmonton Oilers on the nineteenth. Um, they're gonna get so by the Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, but you know, hey, we'll see what happens. We we'll take it one game at a time. Torts, we got we got a new era of orange, Dave. Yes. And, you know, it's got to start somehow. And hopefully, you know, if there is some sort of higher power in this world or off this world, you know, this new era of orange is the beginning of the Flyers' march towards another Stanley Cup. Yes. Danny Briere and Keith Jones will bring us back to the promised land. Um, Amen to that. 
But with that, before we end this week's podcast, this is now where I tell all of our listeners that if you listen to our podcast, you should also be listening to our affiliates in the Poshry Bullies and their podcast. And this evening, right now, as we re- as we have been recording, they were recording their newest podcast this week. So if you listen to us, you really should also be listening to them. Um, I just spent the past weekend up in Boston with the one and only Padre Hoagies. Had a great time. Him and his wife, Kristen, hosted Brenna and I. It was a fantastic evening. Boston is an awesome spot. So I highly, highly recommend if you've never been. But, uh, yeah, if you're listening to us, also listen to the Padre Bullies and vice versa. Um, you know, with that, Master and I will be back next week with, with a new podcast. We will uh, – See how the Flyers start off their regular season for this 2023-2024 campaign. And uh, with that, everyone, for the first time this year, good night and good hockey.